This episode is brought to you by Hulu, presenting Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers. From the backboard to the front office, Legacy captures the remarkable rise and unprecedented success of one of the most iconic franchises in professional sports. Featuring new revealing interviews from players, coaches, and execs, this 10-part documentary series chronicles this extraordinary story from the inside. Watch Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers now, only on Hulu. Yo, yo. Hey, man, I know it's been a minute, but I'm out and about. Talk a little bit of sports, man. I'm, I'm starting doing podcasts again, you know, moving and shaking a little bit. Ain't have a chance to uh, jump on the mic yesterday. But, uh, shoot, it's close to lunchtime for the folks who are at work. Folks who are at work in the house, you know, give you something to enjoy for a little while. Before I go run these couple miles, you know what I'm saying? Had to do something for some students and stuff, get some Chromebooks out. Salute to all the educators out there being fluid, meeting and, and trying to meet the needs of their students, man, whether it's meals, whether it's computers, whether it's just words of encouragement, man. Salute to y'all. Um, Harold, what's good with you, boy? So... I just got to thinking, man, when I was doing these drop-offs and things like that. Um, I saw Cam, you know, set to get released. I saw, you know, Jameis basically gone because Tom Brady agreeing with the Buccaneers. And it had me thinking, man, and it's not even Tom Brady because, you know, you respect Tom Brady, what he's done over his career. So, you know, he can garner the salary in which he got. And I'm not mad at Tampa Bay for jumping out there because they feel like they could win the championship. You got to go out there and get a quarterback who's not going to turn the ball over over 30 times like James did. So this is not at Tom Brady, but this at, this is uh, directed to a quarterback that I respect a lot, and that's Phillip Rivers. Uh, the fact that a guy like Phillip Rivers got $25 million from Indianapolis after the trash can juice year that he had demonstrates that it's a political game when it comes to the quarterback position, and that's why a lot of y'all need to sit, shut the hell up, Juice, when you talk about Dak Prescott. That's why you need to really fall back and realize, like, when you're a guy like Dak Prescott and you really got the leverage because he does, you 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 utilize that leverage because you take a home discount and you struggle, you're not going to get a, oh, you won this many games, so we're going to give you this contract like Phillip Rivers did if you're a Dak Prescott. It's not going to happen. He's not going to get the love that a Kirk Cousins got. I'm just being, I'm just being honest with y'all. So that's why I need y'all to really pay attention to that it's not about what you feel about Dak. It's not about what you feel like as far as what he's done for the Cowboys. Like, did he win a championship? Blah, blah, blah. It's about the market and the position that he's in. He's in the demand as far as he can call the shots because he's going to win in the end. Regardless, like he turned out a contract with the Cowboys the long term, but this year he's still getting 31 to $33 million. He performs, at, at, you know, halfway decent. He can still generate what he wanted because the market is going to increase again because of Patty Mahomes is going to be up. So that's why a lot of folks, man, you let like when you negotiating, emotions got to be taken out of it, bro. Like anybody that's ever negotiated any type of contract, any type of contract, if your ass got emotional, you got duped. Your employer kicked your ass once you got emotional, period. What you do is you pay attention to your worth, you pay attention to the market and how you stack up to it, and you play that. Because it's business, it's not personal. 
So when you got a guy like Phillip Rivers getting $25 million and you got a guy like Jameis Winston who's going to basically be a backup, going to get backup money, going to have an incentive-laden contract to where, yeah, you can become a starter, but it ain't going to total no $25 million like Phillip Rivers did. Phillip Rivers old as hell. He looked bad last year in San Diego, never got benched, and got $25 million. He essentially got the same contract as Tom Brady in a sense. You know, Tom got 50 total, but 25 million a year, like, that's what's so amazing. He got $25 million, fam. $25 million. $25 million. Like, Cam is damn as good. Like, Cam got the shoulder injury. So I understand Cam Newton. But James only been in the league five years. And if you're a quarterback and you know you can play into your 40s, why are folks just giving up on James but still believing in the, in the damn Phillip Rivers? Like, think about that. You got organizations believing in a damn fossil in Phillip Rivers, but don't believe in a dude that's been in the league five years. And Jameis Winston, yes, he forced the issue. Yes, why, how come we don't call Jameis Winston a gunslinger? We, we give Brett Favre that, that moniker, all them damn interceptions Brett Favre would throw. We give him that moniker. And I know... You know, Brett Favre ended up winning a Super Bowl, but it took him a minute. And even still, after he won that one damn Super Bowl, he could throw 50 lamb picks and it didn't matter. I'm just, I just want y'all to really open your eyes, man, to, to how political professional sports truly is. And that's why I always talk about the narratives in sports because narratives are powerful. And while folks out here joking and kikiing and stuff, Yo, when it comes to that quarterback position and everybody always jumping out here saying so important, the most important position, but then they say, well, somebody don't got weapons. If it's so important, why are we screaming weapons? If it's so important, how come a guy like Terry Bradshaw not loved in the same sense of, uh, of guys who won less than he did? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it, it, and it's not an outlier because there's a lot of quarterbacks you put over Terry Bradshaw. It's a lot of quarterbacks people put in front of Terry Bradshaw. But if it's so important and quarterbacks have this win-loss record, I always go back to the rings. We pick and choose which quarterbacks that we say, oh, they won rings, that's why they better. Joe Namath, a Hall of Famer, won one Super Bowl, but we understood the significance of that Super Bowl he won and that elevated him. Because at the time you won the Super Bowl versus, you know, the AFL, NFL, and the guarantee, we understood the significance of that championship, so he was elevated. We understand the times he played in. But when people look at numbers and things like that, he was trash can juice. When, it, when people go the numbers route. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to say, man, just pay attention. Like, Mariota got seven million, seven and a half million guaranteed to go to, to Oakland. Um... He lost his so he lost his position. Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill goes from being trash with the Dolphins to winning games with Tennessee, even though his back was the best back in the NFL last year, and he gets a big payday. So when people say Ryan Tannehill led the Titans to the conference championship, picture this: both playoff wins. Ryan Tannehill had less than hundred yards passing. How the hell did he lead anything? He managed to not lose the game with the freaking dude. But we're not going to act like that damn big avatar behind him 
won't lead in the way. When Ryan Tannehill was asked to lead with his arm, they lost. When the game was put on Ryan Tannehill's shoulder, they lost. Now, granted, Ryan Tannehill has some good games during the season. But they keep saying Ryan Tannehill went 7-2, 7-2 with Tennessee and got this big deal. What the freaking do? Like, we were warning guys for not messing up. What ass could do like Jameis Winston? You got to go out there and win it. You don't have a run game, Jameis. Throw the damn ball. Up, you can't win it with your arm. We ain't paying you. Ryan Tannehill, you living behind this Mahivit beast that you keep handing the ball to, knowing you're going to get some one-on-one -on -one coverage. You're going to make short throws. Your receiver's going to make runs after the catch. You're going to get paid. Now, here's the thing with Dak Prescott, because a lot of folks love to say with Dak Prescott, got Dak, I mean, got Zeke. Teams don't load the box versus uh, the Cowboys no more because Dak has demonstrated he can beat you with his arm. Because he's shown you he could get it to Amari Cooper. Because he's shown you he could get it to old last Jason Witten. Because he's shown you he could get it to Kyle. He can show you he could get it to Beasley when he was there. He can show you when he give it to the young receiver 13. Like, folks love to pick and choose when they break down a quarterback. Like, that can actually throw. And if you think I'm lying, I'm, I'm willing to do a live with DV Sports and we can break down any game you want to play by play. Because sometimes I'm... Sometimes I like the barbershop talk, but then I got to sun y'all because y'all really don't understand what y'all see. Y'all just go off these narratives that's built for you because you're lazy. Like, you're not invested in really talking sports. You're invested in shit talking. Like, you just want to regurgitate what you hear on TV. Thank Max Kellerman and them. Like, they on TV. They getting paid. That don't mean they're aficionados. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you're at an elevated platform... Yes, your income and your revenue is going to be at a certain place, but that don't mean you better than a little poop booty. You know what I'm saying? Just like there's a lot of independent artists that are bust your favorite artist's ass when it comes to lyrics, but they, got, they ain't got the production, they ain't got the machine behind them. So a lot of folks get these platforms twisted. Just because somebody has, is at an elevated platform, don't make them better. It don't make them better. That's what I always tell folks. I don't care what you think about me, what I played. I, I'm going to smash anybody that step up to me when it comes to talking sports. That's my mentality. I don't feel like I could big boy anybody. I'm always going to be in the mud with it. So that's why I don't never feel just because I played in the league or I played professional that some dude that's in a barbershop don't, like, can't compete with me when it comes to talking sports. Like, that's what y'all be getting the twisted. Y'all be really fearing these dudes on TV. Like, y'all can't step up to the mic if you really and truly know your stuff. Like, really study the game. If you know you out here studying the game, not studying TV copies, but really studying the game, not studying PFF form formulas and going to stats, but really studying the X's and O's, understanding what a 4-3, a 3-4, what nickel is, what cover 6, what, what cover 2 is, what, what cover 1 is, what hole coverage is, what 11 personnel, 12 personnel is, spread. All those. If you don't know none of that, what I said, you need to go to the lab. If I just spoke foreign language to you, you need to go to the lab. But this quarterback position is very tricky. So before you jump out there and say something is racial, also realize when you throw the race card out there when it comes to quarterbacks, it's easy for the person that's debating against you to just ignore you. 
You know what I'm saying? That's why I always stay away from race. You feel what I'm saying? I don't say it's because it's a black quarterback. I go to the actual factuals because race is too easy to defend. Your, your conversations will get sidetracked. Trust me. That's why I stay away from race when it comes to quarterback. You know what I'm saying? So I just say pay attention how a guy like Phillip Rivers had a trash can juice year. He got $25 million. And just watch how Jameis is going to struggle to really get the same total payment that Phillip. Now, Phillip, been over the years. People see him as a Hall of Favor. I understand what he's done at San Diego. But... Did he really want $25 million? And I'm a huge, like, I'm a fan of Phillip Rivers. Like, I ain't got no hate towards that dude. $25 million. Tom Brady, we understand what you've done. We understand that you didn't have any weapons in New England, but those same you didn't have any weapons propelled you to the GOAT status. So the same thing that make you laugh can make you cry. For over the years, everybody's always said Tom Brady's never had any weapons. And when he's had true weapons at receivers like at Randy Moss, he didn't win. A championship. But now everybody's claiming, oh, last year he didn't have weapons. That's why I'm confused because that's what made him essentially the GOAT to everybody, right? And it's not about Frank Wright knowing Rivers. It's the fact that you still gave him $25 million. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand he made no, like, that's that, Scott, thank you for saying that, though. That shows how political the sports world is. That's why when a dude like that, Prescott is in a position to be like, no, I'm not signing that deal. I'll just, you got franchise me, franchise me, but I know what the market's saying. That's why when I look at folks and they really go at Dak and say he should have signed this, should have signed that, I'm like, hold on, fam. No, he shouldn't have. Not, not him. Not him. Because that's unprecedented for a dude like him to believe, I'm going to just bet on myself. Because it's not expected for a dude like Dak to bet on himself. It's expected for him to get bullied to sign whatever deal thrown at him because you're Dak. You should be thankful that we gave you that. You ain't even worth this much. Okay, well, I'm going to let the market determine what I'm truly worth. I, I think Rivers will get into the Hall of Fame because voters look at names. Voters look at what your legacy says as far as your your good citizenship like he's a model citizen never been in trouble people love his competitive fire aka trash talking because he don't curse um they, they love his record in december as far as his wins you know what i'm saying look at when they describe philip rivers they always says as the season progressed he his record is better you know like when you look at san diego's win-loss record and um September, October, November, December, like the percentage gets better. So that's his narrative. And and salute, like I said, salute to him, man. I'm a I'm a fan of Philip Rivers. Like I respect the dude. He borderline Hall of Fame. Like if he get in the hall, Donovan McNabb has got to get in the Hall of Fame. Tony Romo got to get in the Hall of Fame. I'm just gonna keep it funky with you. Like I I I don't like the Cowboys, but I respect the hell out of Tony Romo. You know what I'm saying? Like, I call it spade a spade. And I ain't saying I'm always right. Yes, I'm wrong on many occasions. I'm just not going to tell you. 
my big big bro said race has historical significance at the QB position in this league and they can talk and communicate race without using the sand race. I'm sure you know that cold word and phrases. Cool that you don't go there, but they do that consistently. Oh yeah. Hey Ray, you absolutely right, bro. You absolutely right. And the reason why I and I appreciate that feedback. And the, and the reason why I stay away from race because <clears throat> when you're trying to have a discussion and you say race, people run with it and go left and they lose sight of the true essence of the conversation. And yes, there are a lot of undertones in professional sports when it comes to race and the quarterback position. We understand, understand the significance of that position and what it entails. We, I truly do. You are the CEO of your team now. You are the face. You are the leader no matter what. You are the leader. They pick and choose when they pull that leadership from that position you know, uh, a Brad Johnson, a Rex Grossman, a Trent Dilfer, Jeff Hosteller. They pick and choose quarterbacks when they be like, nah, we, we, you ain't going to be the leader. You know, you'll elevate a guy like a Tim Tebow and say he won a, a playoff game. But we know goodness well that was a collective effort of the defense. And then Tebow made one good throw on the slant. Demarius Thomas did the rest. But it's a team effort. But people are going to say, hey, Tim Tebow won. You know, Joe Flacco had an amazing year. Um, bet on himself, got that huge contract, and, and and they give him. You know, Joe Flacco got the praise, but we know that defense was raw, and 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 he was pretty much perfect. I always say this about Peyton Manning: for as great as Peyton Manning was, when he won the years he won the Super Bowls and the playoffs, he was trash. There's no there's no way anybody can debate against that. Both playoff Super Bowl runs. He was trash. He was average at best. Peyton was. I mean, he was absolutely awful with the with the with the with the Broncos when they won a Super Bowl with him. He was just alright with the Colts when they won the Super Bowl. But Peyton Manning was absolutely disgusting. On the flip side, his brother Eli was amazing. Both Super Bowls runs, like he got busy. The throws he made, it were timely. I'm not saying Eli carried the Giants, but he made timely big throws throughout the playoffs. Eli did. If, I, if I'm if i going to a playoff game, I'll take Eli over Peyton all day, every day. It's some reason that fool gets busy on the biggest stage, unlike his brother. And that's because his brother's expectations are so damn high, his brothers can never reach that. Like Peyton is so amazing during the regular season, expectations, he can't live up to that. And that's what folks got to realize, too. You know what I'm saying? Eli got bailed out by one amazing catch. One. That second throw to Mario Manningham in the dead area versus cover two was outstanding. That was a dime. So he got bailed out by one. But we ain't going to talk about how he got away from those defenders, though. Let's not keep it. Let's, 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 not, let's, not, let's not play like Eli didn't get away from cats. Yes, he threw up a prayer, and your boy went and got it. But that second throw versus New England, the other Super Bowl, that was a dime. That was a great throw. Dak not winning last year versus winning teams. Nah, I mean, hey, look, let me tell you something. We're talking about Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is going to get contracts with folks. Even Zeke had to hold out. You know what I'm saying? Um, Look, man. 
I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep it a stack with you. Jerry Jones not gonna pay Dak. Dak gonna have to he gonna have to do a Kirk Cousins. He gonna have to do franchise two straight years and have to leave. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna, I'm gonna just keep it a stack with y'all. We can use all these metrics about records versus winning teams, but when you go to records versus winning teams, are we doing when you played them? Did they have a winning record? Or at the end of the year, did they end up having a winning record? Because it's a slippery slope when you use that narrative as well. At the end of the day, man, win me some damn games. As you as a starter, what's the team overall record? What's your turnover to TD ratio? You feel what I'm saying? That's all I want to know. It's, it's so many metrics out here for, for folks to state they claim or why somebody should get paid, why they shouldn't get paid. At the end of the day, man, like... When you got your pool of quarterbacks, which one do you want in your team? That's how they're going to get paid. Or are you going to take your chances with the draft and draft a young guy and start them and try to win with them? Do you feel like you got all the pieces in place to where your salary cap is good and you're just going to be like, you know what? For these next four years, we're rolling dice. This is our window to win. Because that's what happens with the quarterback position, man. Once you sign them to that big contract, you basically got – two years to win the ring before that salary really starts to strap what you're doing. San Francisco had their window last year with Garoppolo's contract and then the contract of the guys who were set to renew. Now, San Francisco got to take advantage of this year too because even after this year, guys going to want to re-up. That happened with Seattle. The best thing to do these days, man, you got to win on rookie deals, preferably your quarterback. You got to win a championship while your quarterback is on a rookie deal. Unless you can get them to re-sign to a reduced rate and then you win like that. But for all the folks who always say a quarterback didn't win, a quarterback don't win, a quarterback don't win, Think about this. When a quarterback is getting is, is allowing his team to have the opportunity to get to the postseason and compete in the postseason, every quarterback in the NFL not winning rings. So that barometer of they don't win, they shouldn't get paid, don't hold weight. It don't work like that. A lot of positions, they get hundred million dollars, like D line D lineman, hundred million dollar deals. Where they winning? Receivers. Where they winning? Like, everybody getting their money, but we always say, but a quarterback ain't winning. You pay a receiver, when the last time a $100 million receiver won a championship? You pay a D lineman, when the last time a high-priced D lineman? At the end of the day, as soon as you pay somebody, you probably not going to win a championship. Unless you know how to maneuver, maneuver and finagle your way to take, Make guys take pay cuts and draft well and develop. Everybody can't be the Patriots, bro. I'm telling y'all, man. That's why it's tough to really dictate who should get paid. It is really difficult to truly sit back and say, this person deserves a contract. And here's why. It is, man. There is no perfect science. You know what I'm saying? Cam Newton is coming off an injury, so I understand why teams are being cautious with him. If I'm signing Cam Newton, 
I'm not going to invest a lot of guaranteed money into Cam Newton because I don't know what's up with that shoulder. This is business. Cam been to the big game. Cam got this huge payday shortly after. I can't invest. So Cam got to show me for a year. I'm willing to give you guaranteed money down the road if you show me that you are healthy. That's it. I need to see your health because you're still at an age. You play quarterback. You got longevity, right? Quarterbacks got longevity. If we're going off that narrative, then yeah, show me you healthy. Mariota got to show that he healthy. Jameis Winston got to show that his eyesight is right. You, you, that, that's just what you have to understand. I don't care. Hey, Scott, you, you, hey, Scott, here's one thing that I stay away from, me personally, that I test stuff. I don't get caught up in that because there's a lot of bad quarterbacks that will wow you and will claim that they don't have an offensive line, they don't have receivers. And then when they get everything structured around them, they are very ordinary. I don't do the wild stuff. I, I just don't. Give me the boring quarterback who, like Alex Smith never wild, folks. You know, you know two things with Alex Smith. He ain't going to turn the ball over, and he going to make sure you got an opportunity to win. But people hate him. Brett Favre wild you, but his ass would throw away games. Point blank, period. Point blank, period. You know what I'm saying? I just don't get caught up in that eye test. I just don't. Because it's only three or four quarterbacks who are really going to wow you anyway. Like, as much as I love Carson Wentz, it's some games where he do some of the dumbest stuff that I just be like, yo, just check the ball down. You feel what I'm saying? So Carson got his money because Carson understood the market. Carson, like... I hit a I hit a great spot. People was voting me as MVP. I got hurt. Nick Foles led the way, got us to the show. We won the show. I come back the next year. I struggle a little bit. I still showed that I got a lot of potentials. I'm talking about Carson Wentz. I get hurt again. Nick Foles comes in, get us to the playoffs. Now Vic is now Nick is demanding money. And the best thing that happened to Carson Wentz was. Nick Foles understood his worth because when Nick Foles understood his worth and was willing to say, I want a big payday that allowed Carson Wentz to sit back and reap the benefits. Why? Because the fact that you got to make a choice now, people got to realize that Nick Foles helped Carson Wentz because if Nick Foles would have been like, Hey, I love it here. I'll sign for whatever. Carson Wentz wouldn't have gotten his money. He wouldn't have got that extension. He would have had to wait and just say this year when the Eagles was looking like trash can juice because guys was getting injured and it was iffy and we had to win our last couple of games and win a division, get to the playoffs. Who was to say that if Nick Foles was still in, in Philly, that they wouldn't have benched Carson Wentz. So that's what I always tell folks. All these quarterbacks that's coming up, on the last couple of years, last year they contract was looking at that Prescott saying, you better not settle because you're going to mess my money up. Players association. All players want the next player to get paid. It's a it's assembly line. You in line before me. I'm telling you, 
hey, dog, we play the same position. Don't you settle because I'm going to use you to get what I want. But if you settle and I know I ain't better than you, then I know I got to take a decrease as well. But if you get an increase and I, I know I ain't better than you, I can still use you in some way with my agent to get paid. So Carson Wentz, he thanks Nick Foles. Speaking of Nick Foles, he's still getting his money. He got traded to Chicago. Mr. Trubisky, isn't it, isn't, isn't it how amazing how I told folks? Mr. Trubisky run at UNC and the narrative built for him coming out that draft was so much of a disservice to Deshaun Watson that it was a blessing because Deshaun Watson got to go to the Houston, Texas and have DeAndre Hopkins as his uh, one of his receivers. And he got the young boy from uh, Notre Dame as his other receiver. And he had J.J. Watt and Clowney and all them boys on defense. So he was in a situation to truly display his talents. If he went to the Chicago Bears, he would have he got killed and dismissed. As, as special as Mr. Bisky is, I mean, Deshaun Watson, not Mr. Bisky. Sometimes it's a blessing to have a negative narrative in the NFL draft because the more you drop, the better of a situation you usually fall into. You do. You know what I'm saying? Look at Russell Wilson. He fell into the lap of Seattle after they paid uh, Matt Flynn all that money. Great situation. But if they would have really evaluated Russell Wilson like they would have, he would have went to a trash can juice team. That's what got Andrew Luck up out of here early. He had to be a savior. He took a lot of hits. Andrew, and let me tell y'all something about Andrew Luck, man. That dude's a warrior. He legit. A lot of people say Andrew Luck was overrated. He legit, bro. When you go back and you look at film and break down the 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 tackle to tackle box cut up of his pocket mobility, just his ability to slide and climb the pocket, make throws, take hits, knowing he gonna get hit in the mouth. I respect the hell out of Andrew Luck, man. RG three deserved more credit than what he got. You know what I'm saying? Like what he did for for that organization. And the excitement in watching that he brought, and I'm glad he's back in the league and he getting checks. He not starting. It is what it is, man. That's why, you know, even with Lamar Jackson, a lot of folks not sold on Lamar Jackson. It's like, yo, yo, bro, like when you really look at that dude, he can throw. He understands his limitations. He not going to sit in the pocket and try to beat Donovan McNabb and prove a point. That's what folks got to realize. Why change what has made you so successful? You know what I'm saying? Like, folks got to understand, you got personality in sports who love to go against the grain and be in, in the minority, because I do it. You know, Petty Hawks, do, I do it all the time. But anybody that want to really break down Lamar Jackson, I always invite them to film sessions. You know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, we got James St. Patrick here. He, he, he doesn't – he likes to poke fun of Lamar Jackson because he understands Lamar Jackson's fan base is rabid. You know what I'm saying? So that's why he says what he says because he know he's going to get a reaction. He know when he go live, a lot of people going to view his content. That's, that's, that's the markability of understanding your audience. I used to do it all the time with Cowboys. Anytime – I want a podcast episode to really go viral, a video, a Facebook video, a uh, Twitter video, Instagram. 
I understand all I got to do is type in clown boys and hashtag Dallas Cowboys and their fans going to come out and they're they going to give me the most viewed podcast I got, the most viewed YouTube video I got because they fan base ride or die. I understand how to market. So you can't get mad at folks who go at fan bases. They smart. That's why when James be doing it, I be laughing at y'all like, yo, he's a genius. Like, he's smart. Go at him. That's why a lot of times I go in the minority. Because it's like when you preach into the choir, it's boring. Nobody want to hear it. But when you go against that grain and you really take the time to formulate bars to battle the majority, you're going to move a lot of units. This is still a hustle. I just want to let y'all know. I got to go to the store. I just want to let y'all know, man, this business is still a hustle. I can't always just come with the status quo and the, and the uh, predictable rebuttals because it starts to get repetitive and boring. And even though somebody's speaking facts and somebody's always super accurate with their info, it becomes boring because folks want to hear you argue against the majority. That's the beauty of sports. It's, first of all, it's opinionated. Very opinionated, okay? So people got to realize in sports, there's no true right or wrong answer if you have data to truly back up your stance. As long as you got data and you can make it make sense, you good in this lane. But you got to be very creative. You can't get emotional. And you got to have a personality. You got to. You got to know when to joke. You got to know when to make it appear like you're getting flustered because as much as people hate uh, Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith, they got it down pat, bro. As much as folks uh, hate Jason Whitlock, they got the game down lock, bro. I'm telling you, it's a craft to this, man. And at first, I used to hate their guts. I used to be like, yo, how the hell are they on TV? Then I realized, yo, man, it's a craft, man. It's like being a character in a movie. You understand the topics you got to discuss that day. When I formulate and I write my script, I go, I look at some topics. I be like, you know what? As much as I don't believe what I'm about to say, I'm going I'm to go this route because I know it's a curveball. People going to be like, God damn, Hawk, you really taking this lane? And I take that lane. And now I realize I got to hashtag Petty Hawk because I got loyal fans who will really be pissed off if I go against my principles because they don't want to see me joke they want to see me keep it a hundred so if i say petty hawk then they know all right hawk playing games let me get my popcorn because i understand what he's doing and that keeps me safe and keeps my brand pure because they know at the end of the day it was just a verbal exercise Yeah, Chris Collinsworth, man, for as great as he has been and as much as his information is good, he's very dry. The reason why I like Tony Romo, Tony Romo's a breath of fresh air. Tony Romo, you know, takes you inside the helmet. Yes, Tony Romo can be too predictable and, and, and to a true football head, he's saying the obvious to us. But when we really take a step back, he's really informative to the... Uh, casual fan and he makes it very easy to decipher what's going on on the field so as much as we're thinking 
damn Romo, you saying stuff they don't understand. Romo uh, 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 bow it up and will actually make it very, very simple to understand something very intricate that he says. You know what I'm saying? It's like being a battle rapper with a lot of punch punches, but you have a simplistic scheme, but that punch just made it so simple at the end. You know what I'm saying? That's what Tony Romo does. That's why I think Tony Romo worth the money they give him because Tony Romo... He don't take no days off, man, when he in that booth, man. Tony Romo, he dope, yo. He dope. You know, it's quite a few other guys that's dope as well, and they getting lost in translations because Tony Romo is so frustrated with what he does. Um, that's why Romo got paid. And that, that got paid, though, fam. What he, Scott, that getting 33 million, like, Scott, I, I want you to realize something when it comes to Dak. And, and, and yo, Ray, I know you don't, you don't like Romo. And, I yo, Big Ray, Ray is my big bro, man. So, y'all never really see me go against what Ray say. Because I respect his opinion a lot. And, and Ray don't really get down with Tony Romo at all. Like, he don't. And I know why he don't. And that's why, you know, we're going to keep that between us. Um, but Dak Prescott... Getting $33 million this year. 31 to 33 million. Don't nobody care about no long term. Like, why would Dak sign a six-year deal with 105 million? Like, people gotta realize that. And even Romo didn't really get paid when you when you think about it. When you think about it, you know what I'm saying? Like Romo could have got more than what he got. That's why he's making sure he's getting that money in the booth. Like, people got to realize, man, paid is what Kirk Cousins is doing. That's getting paid as a quarterback. Paid is Sam Bradford, what he been doing. Like, that's, like, that's paid. Like, people don't realize, Kirk Cousins, let me tell you something about Kirk Cousins. Let me say, let me tell you something about Kirk Cousins, man. Kirk Cousins, man, I'm going to my, uh, my plies. Hey, let me tell you something, man. Let me tell you something. Kirk Cousins, hey, man, his agent. All you athletes need to call him, man. You need to call Kirk Cousins' agent, man, because he winning. Robert Wade was good because he getting paid, man. Do y'all realize why that Prescott was getting killed by not signing that six-year deal? Kirk Cousins slid in like a thief in the night and read up again. <laughs> While we out here calling Dak all type of dumbasses, Kirk Cousins, read up again, baby. Like a thief in the night. The old banana in the tailpipe. Kirk called his agents like, hey, yo, call Minnesota. They looking at Dak right now. We could get our money. <laughs> Another fully guaranteed contract. What do you get, like 90 million? Something like that? Huh? Two-year extension, still gonna be young. Phillip Rivers just got 25 million, so he can at least get another 25 million when he's done with this contract. Kirk Cousins, salute to you, brother. You are that dude. He got 84 million. 84 million. 84 million. 84 million, dog. I still got to run six miles too, man. But I'm chopping it up with y'all now. Because once I run this six, I ain't doing no podcast. I'm going to just make this live into a podcast. So. 
Kirk Cousins got 84 million all his money. Let's sit back and appreciate Kirk Cousins right now. 84 million. How many million he get before that? 75? Hey, yo, hey, yo, let me tell y'all something. Y'all can have that what he winning type of narrative. I don't need it. Keep using that what has he won, what has he done narrative. I'll be Matt Ryan any day. I'll be, I'll be Jeff Goff any day. I'll be Carson Wentz any day. <sighs> what? <laughs> yo. Two people I'm not feeling. Hey, yo, I like Ryan Clark a lot. I like Ryan Clark a lot. I don't rock with Ryan when he come at my boy Antonio Brown. Everybody know Antonio Brown's my homie. I don't I don't accept no Antonio Brown slander, but I understand the slander. I understand why Ryan Clark go at him. Um, Emmanuel, I respect Emmanuel, man. I talked to him on Twitter um, briefly. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I ain't going to not... I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna not say I don't like. Like I get out of habit of saying I don't like somebody. I used to, like I used to hate Jason Whitlock, but then I started understanding the trade. So a part of me humbled myself and started respecting what they, what they bring to the table. Um, because I didn't want to be labeled as a hater, and I felt like I was being a hater because I felt like if I was on a platform, then I wouldn't dislike them. I wouldn't even care about them. Um, but um, I took a step back and stopped saying I don't like somebody. Like Will Kane, people, 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 anybody could tell you I despise Will Kane. But then I understood he created a lane for himself and he, and he, and he, and he mastered it. Nick Wright the same way. Nick Wright is a, is a metrics, little metrics guru that uses that to his advantage. And he has really, really ran with it. What you think about Mahomes? Um, Patrick Mahomes is going to, let me tell you something. Patrick Mahomes might've made a mistake when he said that, uh, he wasn't going to, um, try to take a lot of money. Let me tell you something, Patrick, bro, you got to get what you worth. You got to get what you worth. If you so special and you, if you're a generational talent, Unless you truly, unless you truly, 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 truly trust the organization of Kansas City and you feel like they're going to pay everybody accordingly and they're going to develop talent around you, yes, you take a pay cut. That's your prerogative. Me, personally, I'm going to get my worth because I don't think you could trust the organization. It's too many moving parts to really take a cut when somebody else is going to get overpaid. And yes... Like, you already got the champion narrative built. Get get your worth, man. If the market says you are worth over $40 million a year, you got to get it, man. You got to get it because you're laying the foundation for guys after you. And and as much as greed, as much as people think you're going to be greedy, greed comes into play in any negotiation. You always think about yourself. That's just what it is. That's just what it is. Because if you don't get overpaid, somebody else is going to get overpaid. That's just how it works. Somebody is going to get overpaid on your team. I just want to tell folks that. When Tom Brady took those pay cuts, another dude got overpaid. The GOAT, 
understands that, yes, he can make more money through endorsements. But at the end of the day, somebody else is going to get overpaid. Hey, let me. one thing I learned about folks who came from money, they always want more money. Trust me. Because they're trying to continue that generational wealth. So as much as I applaud somebody coming from money, but it, as much as folks use the Tom Brady narrative, y'all see even Tom Brady left because he wanted a bigger payday. So even Tom Brady got fed up with taking a backseat to not getting paid. So the Tom Brady narrative truly, and I'm going to be transparent with y'all, Tom Brady wife make more than him a year. So when you know you have that security blanket in a sense, and you know you're going to go to the postseason, and you know you're building a brand, TB12, the greatest of all time, and you got foresight. So he took a risk of taking a backseat. He finally got that six, and you saw once he got that six, he was like, no more. Give me my money. And if you ain't going to give me what I'm worth to you here, I'll take less over there, but you know you supposed to give me the money. You feel what I'm saying? And he going down in Tampa. So for folks saying that he took less in Tampa, just realize this. Tampa don't got state tax. And the bulk of his guaranteed money is like a, is in signing bonuses. It's in bonuses. It's under the federal state. It's under uh, the Florida state tax. So if you're going to take less, sir, go somewhere where there's no state tax. That's why he ain't go to California and play for the for the Chargers. Tom Brady's smart. He's about his money. The reason why Omari Cooper didn't go to go to Washington and stayed in Dallas, that Texas, that, that Texas state tax is a whole lot better because it don't exist. So yeah, he left money on the table in DC. But after those taxes for them signing bonuses. I'm better off staying here in Dallas. I make more money. So, how long I been on here, man? How long I been talking? 45 minutes, man. That's all I got for y'all, man. Y'all be easy. Y'all be safe. Um, Try to do more podcasts, man. I've been running so many days on miles, bro. I be tired, bro. But uh, if if I do do a show, it may be more like this. It, it may not be as more live shows because... Once 5 or 6 o'clock hit, we be moving and shaking the kids out of school all day. So you know what that is. You feel me? But definitely appreciate chopping up with y'all, man. Appreciate y'all feedback. Um, it's, so, it's so different not having voices, of course, when it's a live show with the dad, with the uh, switchboard. But, uh, yeah, Scott, appreciate you, bro. Um, but, yeah, man. Wahoo wah, man. We still the champs in basketball. Believe it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.